Russia drops criminal case against mercenary leader, but his future remains uncertain. Victoria Kim Anton Troyanovsky Anton Troyanovsky Jeffrey A. Get Lehman Jeffrey A. Get Lehman Valerie Hopkins Valerie Hopkins Valerie Hopkins Elian Peltier Matthew Pope Big Cassandra Vinograd Michael Crowley Valerie Hopkins Ivan Nechipurenko. Pinned. Russian authorities dropped an investigation into Yevgeny V. Prigazin, the leader of the Wagner mercenary group, for leading an armed rebellion that saw his troops get to within 125 miles from Moscow on Saturday before he abruptly called off his short-lived mutiny, Russian state media reported on Tuesday. Mr. Prigazin's whereabouts remained unclear early Tuesday. Alexander G. Lukashenko, the longtime dictator of Belarus, brokered the agreement that ended the advance on Moscow and secured amnesty for Mr. Prigazin. The Russian Defense Ministry also early Tuesday announced that fighters with Mr. Prigazin's Wagner Group would transfer military hardware to the Russian military, according to state media reports. In a televised address on Monday night, President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia denounced the weekend mutiny as blackmail that had been doomed to failure. A stern Mr. Putin, visibly angry in his address to the Russian people, never mentioned Mr. Prigazin, his erstwhile ally, by name but made clear his contempt for the insurrection. The mutinous forces rubbed their hands, dreaming of taking revenge for their failures at the front and during the so-called counteroffensive, Mr. Putin said, in an apparent reference to the Wagner fighters' role in the war in Ukraine. The emergence of an unscathed Mr. Prigazin outside Russia following his challenge to Mr. Putin's authority would mar the air of absolute control and crackdown on dissent that has reigned in Russia since the start of the full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Mr. Prigazin, in some of his many voice messages posted online, last week openly criticized the war and disparaged the Kremlin's justifications behind it. It was, also not clear, what would become of the tens of thousands of fighters with the Wagner Group, who, along with Mr. Prigazin, were to be spared criminal charges under the deal. Russian state media reported, on Sunday, that Wagner troops had returned to their camps in Ukraine's eastern Luhansk region. The Russian government has ordered that all irregular forces fighting in Ukraine must sign contracts with the Defense Ministry by July 1. Here is the latest. President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine, who visited frontline positions on Monday, projecting unity with his troops, said Ukrainian forces had advanced in all directions over the past day. This is a happy day, he said. President Biden said the United States and its allies had nothing to do with the unrest in Russia, saying the countries kept in close communication, agreeing to give Mr. Putin no excuse to blame this on the West or to blame this on NATO. Russia's defense minister, Sergei K. Shoigu, was shown in state media broadcasts on Monday in a meeting with Mr. Putin and his defense and security chiefs, a sign of trust in the minister, who had publicly clashed with Mr. Prigazin for months. President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia is expected to make another speech today, this one filled with more pomp and circumstance than the two televised addresses he gave in recent days. Russian state media is reporting that he will speak in a grand setting on the Kremlin grounds, and crowds of military and other uniformed men were shown filing into the Kremlin for the address. Putin will make several appearances today, according to his spokesman, Dmitry S. Peskov, Russian state media reports. He will address to security forces that responded to the rebellion and a separate speech to military service members, Peskov said. 
In the evening, he will meet with the heads of Russian news organizations. It's going to be a busy day in Moscow, showing how the Kremlin is focused on taking control of the narrative after the weekend's stunning events. In the past few days, Ukrainian military officials have said their troops continue to make small gains in their counteroffensive, which began three weeks ago, and have pushed back Russian forces several miles along the eastern and southern front lines. The Wagner Network should be designated as a foreign terrorist organization by the United States and European countries, an Africa-focused policy organization recommended on Tuesday, after documenting abuses committed by the group in the Central African Republic that could amount to war crimes and crimes against humanity. Among other crimes, Wagner has committed mass killings and acts of torture in the Central African nation, and rape is the group's main mission during military operations, according to interviews conducted by The Sentry, a Washington-based group that seeks to expose corruption. Soldiers from Central Africa's National Army trained by Wagner operatives are also taught how to cut off limbs, pull out fingernails, cut flesh with knives, and burn people alive after dousing them with fuel, The Sentry documented. The Central African Republic has become Wagner Group's laboratory of terror, said Nathalia Dukin, a senior investigator at Sentry, whose report adds to a long list of evidence of Wagner's human rights abuses in African nations. The brief rebellion of Wagner's founder, Yevgeny V. Prigazin, against President Vladimir V. Putin this weekend has raised questions over the future of the group's activities in Africa, its main area of deployment outside Ukraine. Wagner operatives fight against jihadist groups in the West African nation of Mali and have supported warring generals in Sudan, among other countries, in exchange for access to natural resources and political influence. But the first and most extensive example of Wagner's deployment remains the Central African Republic, one of the world's poorest nations. Wagner instructors arrived there in 2018, officially to help its military reclaim areas dominated by rebel groups. Over five years, Wagner has come to control large parts of the country's military and political apparatus, while harvesting timber, extracting gold and diamonds, and massacring civilians. It also trains Central African soldiers in the group's tactics, according to the Sentry. During one- to six-month training sessions, Wagner mercenaries teach soldiers espionage, hand-to-hand -hand combat and interrogation. They have also ordered them to execute cleansing campaigns to massacre entire communities that might get in the way of Wagner's industrial-scale extraction operations, the Sentry wrote in the report. The events echo Wagner's tactics documented elsewhere. In Mali, Wagner mercenaries assisted the national military in the killing of hundreds of people and the rapes of dozens of women during a five-day siege of a village in March 2022, according to the United Nations. But Wagner has faced little scrutiny from domestic partners. On Monday, Russia's foreign minister, Sergei V. Lavrov, said the group would stay in African countries. Both the Central African Republic and Mali appealed to the Wagner Group with a request to ensure the safety of their leadership. Mr. Lavrov said in a televised interview. He added that the recent events involving Wagner would not affect Russia's relations with its partners and friends. 
Pabrade, Lithuania, Germany will deploy 4,000 soldiers permanently to Lithuania in an effort to strengthen NATO's eastern flank, but they would arrive only after the government in Vilnius has built the necessary infrastructure to support them, German Defense Minister Boris Pistorius said on Monday. Moscow's full-scale invasion of Ukraine has added urgency to the security concerns of countries on Russia's border, such as Lithuania. The country gained its independence from Russia in 1990 and is one of three Baltic states, all of which are NATO members. Even as Lithuania pleaded for more support, Berlin said that it could send the additional troops only after Lithuania had constructed housing, training grounds, ammunition depots and other facilities. President Gitanis Nauseda of Lithuania said on Monday that the infrastructure would be built by 2026, but that he hoped it could be finished a year earlier. On Monday, Mr. Pistorius watched NATO exercises in the country with the organization's secretary-general, Jens Stoltenberg, in the capital, Vilnius, ahead of an alliance summit in July. The subject of Ukraine's application for membership and military support for the country is expected to be on the agenda. Germany used to be the NATO border, Mr. Pistorius said on Monday in Perbade. We could always rely on our NATO allies to keep us safe. Germany can now be responsible for the new eastern flank and we are ready to deploy a robust brigade in Lithuania on a permanent basis. Russia's invasion of Ukraine and its veiled threats that it could use nuclear weapons have caused a sharp turn in Berlin's approach to security under Chancellor Olaf Scholz of Germany. The country has committed billions of euros worth of military aid, including leopard tanks, to Ukraine, bolstered its own armed forces and redoubled its commitment to NATO. Germany also hosted a two-week military exercise this month that involved more than 250 aircraft and 10,000 personnel from NATO nations and Japan in what it said was the largest deployment of aircraft in the alliance's history. KYIV, Ukraine, President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine said he visited frontline positions on Monday, projecting unity with his troops as Russia continued to grapple with the fallout of a short-lived military mutiny. In a series of photos, videos and messages posted on social media, Mr. Zelensky was shown addressing soldiers and meeting with commanders. He said the photos and videos were taken in the country's east, where Kiev's forces are waging a counteroffensive to recapture territory from Russian control. It is very important to be here today, Mr. Zelensky wrote in a message on Telegram, explaining his trip to the Donetsk region of eastern Ukraine. In separate messages, Mr. Zelensky thanked soldiers for their defense of Ukraine, independence and freedom, called it an honor to be with our heroes, and posed for selfies with soldiers. The statements came as the Kremlin sought to portray the Russian military as returning to normal after a weekend rebellion that shook President Vladimir V. Putin's authority, in which mutinous mercenaries from the Wagner private military company, which has aided Russia's war in Ukraine, got to within 125 miles of Moscow. With questions still swirling on Monday about the ramifications of the armed uprising, and as Mr. Putin made his first public comments since the revolt was called off on Saturday to thank Russia's military for fending off the rebellion, the office of Mr. Zelensky appeared keen on accentuating his relationship with Ukrainian troops. Mr. Zelensky's office posted a photo on Telegram during Mr. Putin's brief televised address showing Mr. Zelensky standing at a table with a commander. It is unclear what effect the turmoil in Russia will have on the Ukrainian counteroffensive. 
So far, the situation on the front line has not changed significantly, though it remains possible that Ukraine may try to exploit any perceived Russian disarray. Earlier on Monday, Ukrainian officials reported that Kyiv's forces had recaptured the small village of Rivnipil, in the country's east, near a string of settlements they retook earlier this month. We are moving forward, General Alexander Syrsky, the commander of Ukraine's land forces, said, in a post, on Telegram. But Ukrainian officials said that the fighting remained fierce and that Russia had increased its attacks in the east. Mr. Zelensky acknowledged that the Eastern Front was very difficult and hot on Monday, according to his office, which said that he had told soldiers that everyone in the country who is not at the front is well aware that you are doing the most difficult job today. Bars. We gave Putin no excuse to blame this on the West or to blame this on NATO. We made clear that we were not involved. We had nothing to do with it. This was part of a struggle within the Russian system. I also talked at length with President Zelensky of Ukraine, will be keeping in contact with them and may picking them later today, early tomorrow morning to make sure we continue to remain on the same page. But no matter what comes next, I will keep making sure that our allies and our partners are closely aligned in how we are reading and responding to the situation. It's important we stay completely coordinated. The United States and its allies had nothing to do with the Wagner mercenary group's uprising against President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia and his military command, President Biden said on Monday, his first public comments on the short-lived rebellion that incited an extraordinary weekend of crisis in Russia. This was part of a struggle within the Russian system, Mr. Biden told reporters at the White House ahead of an announcement on an Internet infrastructure initiative. Mr. Biden said he had instructed his national security team to brief him hour by hour and to prepare for a range of scenarios. He also said that he had convened a conference call to coordinate with some of the United States' key allies as the mutiny led by the Wagner foundry of Guinea v. Prigazin began unfolding over the weekend. On the call, Mr. Biden said, the allies agreed to give Mr. Putin no excuse to blame this on the West or to blame this on NATO. He added, we made clear that we were not involved. We had nothing to do with it. Mr. Biden said he and President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine, whom he spoke with on Sunday, would stay in contact. Mr. Biden said that the United States would continue to assess the fallout from the crisis in Russia and closely align responses with its allies. Still, he cautioned, it was still too early to reach a definitive conclusion about where this is going. Mr. Prigazin was last seen in public late Saturday after calling off Wagner's brief revolt. He agreed to call off his forces' march to Moscow under a deal that would halt a criminal investigation into his activities and allow him to go to Belarus. On Monday, Mr. Prigazin broke his silence to claim that his advance on Moscow had never been intended as a bid to seize power. In a separate news briefing, the State Department spokesman, Matthew Miller, told reporters on Monday that he did not know whether Mr. Prigazin was in Belarus and that he had no assessment of Mr. Prigazin's location at all. He added that the United States did not know what would happen to Wagner fighters in Ukraine or Africa, calling the situation dynamic. Even so, Mr. Miller said, the significance of Mr. Prigazin's power play was clear. 
It is certainly a new thing to see President Putin's leadership directly challenged, he said, noting that Mr. Prigozhin had publicly questioned the rationale for Russia's invasion of Ukraine, something that we certainly have not seen coming from Russian officials previously. Mr. Miller added that the United States did not take a position on the leadership of the Russian Federation. We do not take a position on the leadership of the Russian Ministry of Defense. Our policies have always been with respect to actions that Russia has taken, he said. While Mr. Miller may have been articulating official U.S. policy, President Biden has previously expressed a different personal view. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power, Mr. Biden said of Mr. Putin during a March 2022 visit to Poland. Mr. Miller also said that the U.S. ambassador to Russia, Lin M. Tracy, had contacted the Russian government on Saturday, reminding Russian officials of their obligations to protect the U.S. embassy and diplomatic personnel in Moscow. Mr. Miller said that Ms. Tracy had also reiterated assurances that the Biden administration saw the uprising as an internal Russian matter, one in which the United States is not involved and will not be involved. A palpably angry President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia made an unplanned televised address to the Russian public on Monday in an attempt to project strength and unity after facing his biggest crisis since the full-scale invasion of Ukraine began last year. The five-minute speech, airing late Monday in Moscow, was his first appearance since Saturday morning when he labeled Yevgeny V. Prigozhin, the founder of the Wagner Mercenary Group, a traitor for mustering his fighters in a march on Moscow. Mr. Putin opened Monday's address with a forceful rebuke of the uprising. Civic solidarity has shown that any blackmail attempts to create internal unrest are doomed to failure, he said. Though Mr. Prigozhin's forces managed to take over the southern city of Rostov-on-Don and travel relatively unimpeded up a major highway toward the Russian capital, Mr. Putin sought to present a picture of Russian officials reacting in a timely and efficient manner to oppose the armed mutiny. Executive and legislative power at all levels consolidated against the uprising and along with public and religious organizations took a firm unequivocal position in support of the constitutional order, he said. In fact, he added, the entire Russian society united and rallied everyone. In a deal, brokered, by President Alexander G. Lukashenko of Belarus, Mr. Prigozhin agreed to call off his revolt. Under the terms of that agreement, Mr. Prigozhin would be allowed to leave Russia for Belarus, and on Monday, Mr. Putin said that some of his Wagner fighters could do the same. The promise I made will be fulfilled, Mr. Putin said, though he did not address Kremlin spokesman Dmitry S. Peskov's assertion on Saturday that the security services would drop their investigation into Mr. Prigozhin. On Monday morning, several state-affiliated media outlets reported that the charges had not yet been dropped. Mr. Peskov said that after the speech, which officials and state media outlets had billed as an important address but broke little new ground, Mr. Putin planned to meet with key Kremlin officials, including Defense Minister Sergei K. Shoigu. It seemed to be another sign of confidence and support for an official who had borne the brunt of Mr. Prigozhin's ire. Mr. Putin never uttered Mr. Prigozhin's name, much as he avoided naming him during a fiery speech on Saturday that condemned the revolt. It is a tactic he has also used when speaking about the political dissident Alexei A. and Navalny. But Mr. Putin made clear that he was referring to Mr. Prigozhin and the loyal group of Wagner fighters around him. 
They wanted Russians to fight each other, Mr. Putin said. They rubbed their hands, dreaming of taking revenge for their failures at the front and during the so-called counteroffensive. But they miscalculated, he said, thanking the Russian military. Some analysts said Mr. Putin's speech offered little to the Russian public. Abbas Galiamov, a former Kremlin speechwriter turned political consultant, said Mr. Putin's speech was an extremely weak performance that only served to underscore Prigazin's strength. Two days after the Wagner mercenary group pulled back from its audacious march toward Moscow in a brief rebellion that challenged the foundations of Russia's power hierarchy, its fate is in limbo. The leader of the group, Yevgeny V. Prigazin, said in an audio message released on Monday that his rebellion was a protest against the Ministry of Defense's decision to force his mercenaries to sign contracts with the government. That would have effectively forced Wagner to disband by Saturday, he said. Wagner fighters who did not take part in the rebellion can sign contracts with the defense ministry and continue as fighters, the Kremlin said on Saturday, after Mr. Prigazin said his forces were halting their advance on Moscow. Andrei Kartopolov, a deputy of the Russian State Duma, the lower house of parliament, said that lawmakers had been discussing legislation that would regulate mercenary groups such as Wagner. After its armed uprising, the fate of Wagner as an organization remains unresolved, he said. We need to ascertain its future, he told Vita Mosti, a Russian business daily, on Sunday. Will they continue to exist? What will they be called? To whom will they report? He added, we probably need to change their leadership. Appoint someone who would be more loyal, more definitive. Russian state media reported on Sunday that Wagner troops had returned to their camps in Ukraine's eastern Luhansk region. Following the defense ministry's push to formalize such organizations within its hierarchy by forcing them to sign contracts, at least 10 volunteer groups have done so so far, according to TASS, a Russian state news agency. As of now, private military companies operate in a legal gray area in Russia. The system benefits the Kremlin. For instance, it was able to deploy Wagner in covert or secretive operations in Ukraine and several African countries. Wagner is the most potent and well-known group of the mercenary organizations in Russia. Some of the other groups have existed under the auspices of the National Guard, including regiments led by Ramzan Kadyrov, the Chechen strongman who backed President Vladimir V. Putin during the Wagner Rebellion. The Wagner Group still has camps in the forests of Ukraine's eastern Luhansk region. A video report from one of them last week, days before the uprising, shows a combination of dugout dormitories and tents, including amenities such as a sauna and laundry facilities. The report was made by Alexander Semenov, a military blogger known to be close to Mr. Prigazin, but its authenticity could not be verified. The fighters quoted in the video rejected reports that the group would be disbanded, with one saying, we are waiting for our next task.